It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400 and online at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the good man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our ESPN 1400 studios in warm Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, on this Monday, June 7th, 2021. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, as we are back in our usual time slot, Monday nights from 6 to 8 p.m., We have a busy show for you tonight. Coming up around 6.15, we will talk to co-host of the game and host of the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario, David McKegg Jr. Coming up at 6.30, we will be joined in studio by Dave Watson, voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and host of Coach's Corner on 12.30 WSOO. Dave will be joining us for the rest of the show. Also joining us tonight at 6.45, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis from Metro Detroit, who will give us an update on what's going on in the Detroit sports scene, along with our roundtable. As the high school sports season is drawing to a close, we still have three teams participating in the postseason in baseball and softball. So let's get right to the local sports and start with high school baseball. In Division II Baseball District Semifinal at Marquette on Saturday, the Suhai Blue Devils fell to the host Redmen 3-1 to end their season. Marquette would go on to meet Escanaba in the district final. Escanaba got there by coming back and defeating Sheboygan 5-4 in their district semifinal. And Escanaba would win their first district since 2016 as they knocked out Marquette. 9 to 5. Escanaba will face Petoskey on Wednesday in Petoskey for their regional semifinal. In the Division Three district at Superior Central in high school baseball on Saturday, Newberry fell to Gladstone 18 to 1. In their district semifinal, Gladstone would go on to win the district as they defeated Superior Central 6-3 to win their seventh straight district crown. Gladstone advances to a regional semifinal on Wednesday where they will take on Iron Mountain in Houghton. In the Division Four district in high school baseball on Friday in Rudyard, the Rudyard Bulldogs claimed another district title. Rudyard topped Brimley 13-3 in the district semifinal and then knocked out Pickford-Cedarville 13-0. Rudyard advances to take on Pelston this Wednesday in their regional semifinal. That game will be played at 5 p.m. in Indian River. The winner will advance to the regional final where they will take on either Ellsworth or Maple City Glen Lake. That game is scheduled for Saturday at 10 a.m. in Pelston. In high school softball district play from the weekend in Division II at Kingsford in the game you heard right here on ESPN 1400 with Dave Watson, the Suhai Blue Devils dropped a tough 1-0 decision to Sheboygan in their district semifinal to end their season. We will talk more about that game with Dave coming up here at the bottom of the hour. 
Sheboygan would take on Escanaba, who rolled in their district semifinal over Kingsford by the score of 11 to nothing, and then took out Sheboygan 18 to nothing to win another district. Escanaba advances to their Division II regional semifinal against Gaylord on Saturday in Cadillac. That will be one outstanding game. Gaylord 36-1 and in Escanaba, always a powerhouse. That's certainly one. If you're in the Cadillac area, you want to check that out. In Division Four High School softball, two EUP teams are still playing this upcoming weekend. On Friday, the Rudyard Bulldogs hosted a district and won their fifth straight. They had a forfeit win over Newberry and then topped Pickford Cedarville three to nothing to win the district crown. Rudyard advances to the Division Four regional semifinal at Rapid River on Saturday, where they will face Norway at 10 a.m. The other regional semifinal in Rapid River sees Ishpeming taking on Hancock with the regional final set for around 3 p.m. on Saturday. St. Ignace, they won a district on Saturday in Pelston. The Saints earned a 2-1 win over Mackinac City in the semifinal and would then defeat Pelston 13-3 in five innings. The Saints will travel to Indian River on Saturday for their Division IV regional semifinal against Rogers City at noon. The other regional semifinal sees Central Lake take on Hillman with the regional final set for 2 p.m. on Saturday. Now the winner of those two regionals will advance to the quarterfinal in Division 4, which is set to be in Rudyard on Tuesday, May 15th. High school track and field finals for the Upper Peninsula took place on Saturday in Kingsford in Division 1 girls, Suhai. Very successful season. They finished second to Marquette in team standings. First place winners for the Blue Devils included Emily McLean, who beat her own UP finals record in shot put. In Division Two, St. Ignace finished fourth, and Newberry placed eighth in team competition with West Iron County claiming the UP title. In Division Three, Rudyard finished second place in the team standings with Brimley fourth, Pickford seventh. Antonagan won the Division Three titles for the girls. Rudyard's Tristan Smith claimed a UP title in the 400. Bulldogs also had first place in the district, captured by Emma Bogaki. And Lizzie Story of Pickford won the 300 hurdles. And Pickford's Lucy Bennon won the 200. The Suhai Blue Devil boys finished fifth at the UP track and field finals on Saturday in Division One. Marquette finished first once again. The Division II title for the boys was captured by Ishpeming. St. Ignace finished fourth and Newberry fifth. Christian Kovanimi captured the UP title in the 100 for St. Ignace. The Saints' Trevor Vizna also took home a first-place result in the pole vault. Eric Edwards of Newberry captured the title in shot put. In Division Three, Pickford finished second behind Dollar Bay. Brimley was 6th, Cedarville ninth, and Detour 17th. Brimley's Cameron Hornstra claimed 1st in the 100, and Gannon Smith also finished 1st at the UP Finals on Saturday in the pole vault. Hayden Taylor of Pickford won 1st in the shot put. High school golf finals in the Upper Peninsula. The Suhai boys finished 10th at the UP Division I golf finals at Sweetgrass Golf Club on Thursday. Riley Cox and Easton Fitzner led the Blue Devils, both shooting 89s to tie for 28th place. Brimley finished third in Division Two as senior Justin Carrick tied for 8th place individually. Engadine placed third in Division Three for the boys. However, Jay Friel had a nice result for Cedarville. He finished third in the individual results.
Suhai girls had two athletes compete in the Division One golf championships for the girls. Lily Alaspa finished 11th, and Elizabeth Oman finished 30th. St. Ignace, they finished 4th in the Division Two golf finals, with Maisie Brown claiming a 4th place individual finish for St. Ignace. Isabella Franklin took home a 13th place finish for Pickford. And in Division Three, congratulations to the Cedarville Trojans as they took home the team title. That one played at the OC in Gladstone. Zoe Ator also claimed the individual title for the girls from Cedarville, while Lauren Miller was second, Haley Coleman fifth, Taylor Williams sixth, and Alicia Cosley 11th for the Cedarville Trojans. Over the past couple weeks, uh, Lake Spear State University announced that their director of athletics, Dr. David Pateson, has resigned, effective, or will resign, I should say, effective August 17th, as Dr. Pateson is going to become an assistant professor of sports management at the University of Indianapolis. A national search for his replacement has begun. During Pateson's four years at LSSU, the men's hockey team won the Western Collegiate Hockey Association's championship this past season advancing to the NCAA tournament for the first time in 25 years. Student-athletes' grade point averages also rose under Pateson from 3.06 to 3.32. Upgrades to the athletic facilities included refurbishing the hockey locker room, overhauling the lighting at the Taffy-Able Arena, resurfacing outdoor tennis courts, and installing golf simulators. Over the weekend, the Sioux Greyhounds had their draft. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about the Thunderbirds and the Greyhounds with David McKegg Jr. As the Greyhounds uh, selected three wingers on Friday night in the opening three rounds, including their top pick, first-round pick, a winger from Ottawa Senators' under-18 team, Justin Cloutier. Day one for the Greyhounds also saw them select wingers Marco Miganosa of the Toronto Young Nationals U16 team in the second round and Ethan Montroy of the Cornwall Colts under-18 team in the third round. To open up the day on Saturday, the Greyhounds selected a pair of defensemen with picks in rounds four or and five. They selected Windsor, Windsor Junior Spitfires defenseman Andrew Gibson in the fourth round. Then they added another defenseman out of Kitchener, their U16 Junior Rangers team of Blair Scott. Greyhounds did not have a pick in the sixth round. The seventh round, the Greyhounds selected Detroit CompuWare 15s forward Charlie Loniski. In the ninth round, the Greyhounds selected defenseman Anthony Siamataro, who was a teammate of Gibson in Windsor. The Greyhounds used the first of three picks in the tenth round to select Smith Falls Bears defenseman Ty Campbell. Then they picked Oakland Junior Grizzlies 15s defenseman at Noah Ziski. Greyhounds would also take Connor Clattenburg out of Renfro, the U18 Wolves team with the 199th pick in the 10th round. In round 11, the Greyhounds went local by taking Sioux Junior Greyhounds defenseman Austin Fellinger. In the 13th round, the Greyhounds selected Ajax Pickering's Raiders under 16 forward at Zach Cordy. The Greyhounds then selected winger Owen Shore of the Huron-Perth Lakers U16 team in the 14th round. And finally, the Hounds, with their 15th round pick, selected Thunder Bay Kings U16 winger EJ Paddington. So those are some of the local sports that are going on right now, but we have more local sports talk coming up as we'll be joined by co-host David McKegg, who will talk more about some of the Sioux Thunderbird signings, More on the Sioux Greyhounds and some of their signings and commitments and more 
All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Welcome back to The Game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk high school sports with the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and host of Coach's Corner on 1230 WSOO, Dave Watson. Joining us right now, co-host of this show and host of the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario. David McKegg Jr. joining us once again on the game, back on our Monday night slot. Kegger, I'll tell you what, summer is here, beautiful weather. Certainly always good to have you on the show. How you doing, sir? Scotty, my friend, I am doing great. Certainly happy to be uh, back on. And, of course, I say this every week. It's not in person yet, but I'm certainly glad to be able to join you uh, via online here. And you know what? It's always a pleasure, my friend. This weather is fantastic. I'm not complaining. We don't get enough of this hot weather here in the Twin Sioux. we got to enjoy it when it's here. I know my skin's enjoying it right now. Uh, and, you know, I'm well-colored now this because of this past weekend. I did have a little sea-dew issue this weekend with my new sea-dew, but uh, nonetheless, knowing that you're on the sea-dew, knowing you're on the water, and knowing that you're able to tan in the sun, summer is here, even though it's unofficially uh, here, if you will. It's not here until about the 21st of June, if I remember correctly, to get my dates correct. Uh, but nonetheless, it's fantastic. Scotty, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, Dave. Great to be back on Monday night here on ESPN 1400 for the game. And even though it is June 7th, we have a lot of hockey to talk about, Dave. And let's start with local hockey as the OHL draft, a two-day draft this year. Uh, for the Sioux Greyhounds, uh, starting on Friday night and moving into Saturday. Also, the Sioux Thunderbirds have been very busy with some player signings. Uh, what can you tell us about some of the uh, Sioux Greyhounds draft picks and uh, what's going on with the Sioux Thunderbirds? Certainly uh, a busy weekend for and week for both those teams. Oh, it's it's absolutely been really busy. And you know what? The Thunderbirds have been really active, and I'll even – Go there first with uh, Michael Beltrano and Samuel Lake signing there, a defenseman and a forward, respectively, of course, both of which are familiar uh, with uh, Jamie Henderson. And then you got, of course, uh, you have Toms as well. Uh, Tom signs with the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds. He was a product of the Sioux Thunderbirds. And, of course, he is the son of uh, Jeff Toms, of course. And Connor Toms is somebody who was drafted third round, 44th overall in 2020. And, of course, he had uh, this uh, season in 19 regular season games. He had 18 points, four goals, and 18 assists. Just under a point a game. Uh, which is certainly fantastic. And he is a defenseman, may I add, as well. So he's not someone who's going to put up those massive offensive numbers. But nonetheless, he did do well uh, when he was in action uh, this this year. And you know what? Jimmy Henderson, I could tell you right now, he is going to be – extremely busy uh, reshaping this team. Not that it needed anything really to change, but uh, they definitely had some guys that were moving on. They had to kind of make some moves. Of course, you have Toms who's making the transition. Uh, so it's been quite the busy start to the, uh, if you would say, the offseason to Jamie Henderson's schedule. And of course, Trache and Ouellette sign uh, with the Thunderbirds. This is uh, two flyers, if you will, that come from out of town. Uh, Kyle Trache and Kelsey Ouellette are coming over uh, 
from the Kapuskasian area to come play for the Sioux Thunderbirds. And of course, you got to have some scouting uh, that were done on the Sioux uh, Thunderbird side, especially with Jamie Henderson. Uh, you know, this is fantastic stuff for the local side. And I'm pretty excited about the Tom signing with the Hounds, to be completely honest with you, of course, uh, because of him being the bloodline is thick, of course, uh, when it comes to uh, his uh, father, Jeff Toms, uh, who uh, was, of course, a former Greyhound. Uh, his father, uh, Jeff, played three years with the Greyhounds, 91 to 94, uh, where they won the Robinson Cup in 92, and then they won the Memorial Cup in 93, as everybody remembers. So I, I'm excited to see what he does uh, with the Greyhounds, especially being a defenseman. Uh, but overall, Scott, both uh, teams, Thunderbirds and Greyhounds, making a lot of noise uh, within the past week or so. Yeah, Dave, we'll certainly talk more about that in the weeks to come and look at the individuals uh, that the Sioux Greyhounds drafted. Certainly a lot of them, uh, a lot of hockey news over the weekend, Dave, including uh, one of your uh, former teammates, uh, unfortunately passing away a few years ago, Michael Doan, of course, of the Sioux Thunderbirds. And over the weekend, uh, the fourth annual, I believe, golf tournament uh, went on in Sioux, Ontario. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know what, it's the fourth annual, and I can't believe where time has, has gone, right? And you know what, it's, yeah. uh, of course, with COVID, and before you even actually get into that, Donor was uh, is extremely missed. He's a teammate of mine for, well, for a handful of years and played against him as well. And uh, there was, I remember telling the story to a lot of people, I think I've all said on this show, where when we were on the Thunderbirds together, I wasn't allowed to get off the ice until I scored on a, uh, a well, penalty shot. We were practicing penalty shots. And this was something that I took pride in when I was younger. But every time against Doan, I only scored one goal in a penalty shot against Doan in my life. It was a three-on-three tournament that I will never forget. I got the winning goal in that shootout, and I never let it live him down. But every time we had penalty shots against each other, because I would always never let it, uh, let, le- never let him live that down, uh, he wanted to always go against me. And so Thunderbirds uh, practice one time, me and him were going back and forth, and it took me almost a half hour to score on him. Okay, And the, the goal that I ended up scoring on him was a slap shot, and it just went past his head. Uh, and I remember how mad he was uh, that I did that, but I wanted to get off the ice because I was just fed up with being there and him stopping me the entire time. But uh, he is obviously was a great teammate. Uh, he was uh, somebody that, of course, uh, we knew each other off the ice, but he uh, had a great effect in the hockey community. and such a tremendous athlete as well, never mind just hockey, basketball, uh, football. The guy was just a complete pure athlete. It was an absolute tragedy uh, for his death, and he, like as I mentioned, he is certainly missed. And this tournament is an opportunity to bring everyone together uh, who had that uh, don't affect, if you will, who was able to be uh, close to him or know him, play against him, have the opportunity to be uh, close to him in any kind of way or just have the have the honor to be able to know him and this was the fourth annual tournament as I said and as I said at the beginning it's time is flying by and everyone that was a part of it it was fun it was a long day and of course as the same with COVID on the COVID side it was very different than previous years uh, because of course usually you have a dinner afterwards a little kind of prizes and it's kind of a bit more tight-knit if you kind of go under the tent if you will for everyone to have a dinner uh, but of course with COVID you have spaced out tea off times and it's kind of been like that the last two years this year was a lot more uh, kind of restricted because last year's summer event was a little bit more open if everyone recalls but uh, we were able to kind of still have everyone t- together see everybody everyone was able 
able to say hi to each other. Uh, guys like Jamie Henderson, of course, who we've already talked about with the Thunderbirds, being a big part of organizing that. Mickey Sutteretto, James Delaire, really close friends of uh, Michael Doan. And, of course, the Michael Doan charity, the fund that they have in place, and Michael Famia, guys who are a big part of this tournament. Uh, hats off to them and everyone who took part. My golf game was absolutely atrocious. I don't think I... <laughs> I don't think I had one good hole where last year my average drive was about 315, not even kidding, for the first nine holes. Uh, then I, I couldn't do anything after those drives, mind you. But this year I don't think my longest drive was over 100. It was very inconsistent. Uh, I blame it on the weight gain because of COVID and uh, just the lack of athletic events, if you will. But it's certainly fantastic, Scotty. And uh, this tournament's been going strong and it's been posted on their social media. Check Mike Don't Golf on Instagram. A lot of pictures up there. And if there's anything that you want to do to get involved especially from a sponsorship perspective just reach out to them and just to see all the stories that we had it was uh, certainly a blast very good david mckay jr joining us on the game and dave on sunday uh, canada won the world championships uh, maybe not a surprise that canada won the first time in a few years but the way they started the tournament losing three games they were shut out by latvia i, I had to look that up twice because i couldn't believe it but canada uh, wins in overtime nick paul in the three-on-three three, uh, overtime system that they have, uh, defeats Finland. Uh, certainly a, a nice win for Canada. It's been about five years since they've won the world championships. You know what? And it's 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 unbelievable. You're down 0-3. You think you're going to pack her in, right? You think that's going to be it. You, you feel like, all right, boys, let's just get this done. But you know what? These guys came together and won. And, yes, it's the IIHF World uh, Championship Hockey. And... It's not the Olympics. It's not the, it's not the Stanley Cup finals. I understand that. People are saying, well, I asked a lot of people, have you been watching it? And I watched it a little bit more, uh, this year for a couple of reasons. Of course, Toronto's out. Uh, even though I made a, a vow to not watch any hockey, when it comes to watching international hockey, it's, it's exciting. And of course, Colin Miller being a part of that team as well. And good to see some Sioux blood involved in there. But it, Canada defeating Finland 3-2 to and Connor Brown being a big part uh, of that overtime winner, of course, with a nice give and go with Nick Paul. And Connor Brown, may I mention another former Maple Leaf, which we traded for basically just to get rid of a contract. Gotta love some of the trades that were done. He's really thriving and finding himself in Ottawa and now coming to the WIHF. He was, he was a standout that entire tournament. And just overall, the, the, the system that Canada played, they battled and they didn't give up. They're down 0-3. They didn't pack it in. Unlike some teams when they're up 3-1 in a series or if they're down, they, they sometimes pack it in. Not these guys. And it's their first gold medal since 2016, Scotty. And everyone, yeah. it, everyone looks at Canada and goes, powerhouse, USA, right? And Finland, these countries that are just superior uh, when it comes to hockey. And this year, this team is the definition of never give up, never surrender, pulled it together, and they represented the logo on the front perfectly this year with being tenacious and also battling back. Their games were great. Kemper was great in net. you got, you got to give kudos, and it's just great to see a Sioux boy get uh, the gold medal there as well. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And, Dave, we're going to touch more on the NHL playoffs during our roundtable. Uh, hopefully we'll get you on the roundtable soon as far as when you can come over here. But the government of Canada and the NHL have come up with an agreement as far as cross-border travel, which will involve either Montreal or Winnipeg. 
taking on either Vegas or Colorado. Uh, the NHL will allow the American teams into the Canadian cities with a COVID protocol. Really not a surprise, Dave. I know we talked about it here a couple weeks ago as far as what was going to happen. It's really something that had to happen because it was pretty unfair for either Montreal or Winnipeg to have to relocate or possibly even play all seven games in a Vegas or Colorado. You certainly don't want to play in either one of those places. Your thoughts on the uh, agreement between the NHL and uh, Canada. You know what? I was saying a joke today to myself. I said, I guarantee you uh, Trudeau had something to do with that to get it a little bit accelerated because he is a Montreal Canadiens fan. And, yes, he is. Uh, you know, of course, as Leaf fans know, he was very vocal about uh, how Leaf fans, I don't know how they h- handle the pain all the time. And of course, they went to win game seven. So I think our prime minister may have lost my vote, if you will, speaking a little politically, but jokes aside, uh, the I think... That is great that it came up with that. I know myself uh, and you, Scotty, as well as our top shelf edition, we were talking about what Toronto or Montreal or Edmonton or Winnipeg would maybe have to do. Winnipeg to Minnesota, Montreal maybe to Buffalo, Toronto to Buffalo, Edmonton to, I guess, if they kind of want to go the other side, they might have to go to one of the California teams, something like that. And it's great that they have the opportunity now to play at their home rink and have that home ice advantage. Now that they have that agreement, Winnipeg's able to have 500-some fans because the frontline workers, Montreal's getting 2,500, and that's growing and growing. It's going to be interesting to see whatever team does move on uh, about uh, how the fan capacity works. If it is Montreal, I would suspect, you know, if it is Montreal, that the fans would the fan level would increase okay like I, I feel like they can probably hit the 6500 where in Winnipeg the max that they can have by the end of the third round is probably about that uh, 1000 1500 it's uh, it's a little bit different for the provinces but nonetheless they're able to have the opportunity uh, to stay uh, inside their home rank and have and utilize that home ice advantage which is important despite how many fans are there it's just great overall to be able to exercise the option to be on home ice and Scotty home ice advantage does matter and if fans are there it does matter too and if they're not there that also matters and if you're a different rink it just wouldn't be fair so i'm glad they did come to an agreement dave we got about two minutes left to give our listeners an update on what's going on with the game sports show in sioux ontario Oh, we are certainly busy uh, here in Sioux, Ontario. Of course, we always are with our show with Scotty. Of course, we have our N1 edition that was just recently uploaded. We have a Strike Zone edition coming up uh, just this week. We will have a top shelf edition as we transition into the third round uh, of the uh, of the NHL playoffs. We do have special edition shows coming up. We just did a massive recording this week, and I'm not going to tell you what that is, listeners, but some people from the Mike Doan Golf Tournament do know what it is, as I did kind of spit it out. Kind of spoil out because a lot of our we had a lot of thumbs up from fans, which are great to see. But we do have an upload this week, and it's with Steve Passmore, a former goaltender in the National Hockey League with the Chicago Blackhawks. He had a, a fantastic backstory, uh, backstory, especially with a scare with his health that he had to battle back into playing. And uh, of course, he was uh, did great when he did play uh, in Chicago, and he had the opportunity overall to play. And when he played junior hockey, he still was a legend for the amount of shots he had to face when he was in junior. Hockey. So the stories that Steve went to myself and Brooks, he told, were fantastic. So we got lots going on uh, this week, of course, and we have a lot of special edition shows, of course, in our bank to upload, and we're excited to continuously upload those. Uh, Scotty, I know yourself, I want to save this for last. We have our, well, it is connected to our sporadic sports segment that we have uh, through our episodes tally, but does connect to all of our sponsors. Yourself 
and Daniel Scarpino are going to have a soccer segment on Tuesday that I'm going to open the show with, and I'm get, and then I'm giving it to you because when it comes to soccer, your boy right here isn't going to be uh, – not that I don't watch it, but no, I'm going to leave it to the experts. So that's going to be exciting uh, for all the new stuff that we have coming up this week and going into next week. So nobody uh, should uh, miss that because it's always great content. I appreciate that, Dave. Looking forward to talking with Daniel on Tuesday and certainly uh, being on as many shows as possible, which you can all find at thegamesportshow.com or thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Dave McKegg Jr. joining us on the game. Kegger, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on ESPN 1400. Sounds good, Scotty. I miss you. Can't wait to see you in person. And just for the listeners, I want to say make sure that they keep the six on the ice, swing the bats, catch the touchdown, and drain those threes, and shoot their shots. Booyah. Booyah, indeed. We're going to take a break. We come back, we'll talk... High School Sports with Dave Watson, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to The Game on ESPN 1400. 632 on The Game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. Coming up around 645, we'll talk Detroit sports with Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. We'll get us up to date on the Metro Detroit sports scene, and we will be joined during that segment and the rest of the show by our next guest. You know him well as the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils, also host of Coach's Corner on 1230 WSOO. Dave Watson joining us once again on The Game. Prof, appreciate you coming in and... uh Boy, warm enough for you out there? Uh, and uh, this studio, which I think is the nicest studio, and uh, hello to everyone, and thanks for having me on, Scott. It's the nicest studio here at the Sovereign Communications and in what is a beautiful building. But as you pointed out before, we need some blinds. In we here do. Some, it turns into a sauna. And uh, at the, I'll tell you what, we won't complain too much about the weather because it wasn't that long ago we were in parkas, and I mean May. Yeah, and right. So, <laughs> so uh, I, hey, you know what, I'll take this. You know, you can just cool out for the air conditioner or a fan and uh, it's just nice to have some good weather yeah nice to have you on the show again dave and uh we talked earlier about local sports and three teams still alive in the eup for the spring sports season rudyard baseball and softball along with saint ignis you were at kingsford on saturday for the suhai blue devil district semifinal against sheboygan uh, the blue devils Put up a pretty darn good effort against a good Sheboygan team, losing one nothing. Certainly, the loss not what Suhai wanted, but the way they ended the season this year, they swept a very good St. Ignace team. That was a team that got better and certainly played pretty good softball on Saturday. You know, I I was chatting with the coach Lisa Schulte, the Suhai softball team, after the game on Saturday and the one nothing Sheboygan win. Uh, and I said, you know what? They left it on. They left it on the field, yep. uh, Schultz, and that's what they did. And and I, I thought uh, the going in, I it was kind of funny because my my lead in game plan kind of went out the window in the pregame. And I said one through nine hitters for Sue high. I thought it's been very good all year. Uh, lead off hitter, Amber Curtis, uh, Alex Menard, there's Scotty Menard's daughter. And then you have the big boppers, Hannah Maurer, Callum McColo, uh, Audrey Smith, the catcher. And uh, that's where your power is. But one through nine has been very good, very good patient hitters. But the bats are silenced because Morgan Brando, the uh, Sheboygan uh, pitcher, was just outstanding. Amber Curtis uh, took her uh, time on the pitcher's circle, and and that was the one thing I thought if they could get pitching and defense, and they got them both, they're right there to win it. 
trouble was those bats have been good all year long were silenced and it wasn't because of bad swings just really good pitching from Morgan Brando it was bottom of the first inning uh, two outs Sheboygan had Brando coming up to the plate helped her own cause with a solo homer and that was it and that was the only time she swung the bat right. Lisa, Lisa Schulte took the bat out of her hands after that and she told me after the game I, I you know I thought about I wasn't going to let her uh, swing at all but she said, "Thought well, two outs, we'll give it a shot." She said it was, and it was a junk pitch, and she sailed it right over the center field fence. And she had ten strikeouts. She uh, struck out uh, ten Blue Devils. Sue High did threaten in the fifth, and Lauren Brown was able to get on base and then reach uh, second base. He had the power lineup coming up; they just couldn't get her in. But hey, a good effort. And I think Sue High softball is on the upswing there. With uh, you know, it's been a long time they've uh, won one district uh, since uh, having a, a pro- program. At Sioux High since 1995 is when that program came in, 94 95. And what Linda Bouvet, Lisa Schulte, and countless others have done, Linda especially, I mean, she's built it right from the ground up. And her chief lieutenant over the years has been Lisa Schulte. Now Lisa's taken over the Blue Devil program. They're coming along, Scott. I think the time is coming where you're going to see them have success. And we're talking about them playing like, like a Rudyard into the regionals and things like that. And that's what they strive to be is uh, try to get to the level of of an Escanaba that is as dominant as, as they come and a Gaylord uh, for this year, but uh, they're coming along and I, you know, it's been a few years since I've done games. So uh, for softball, but I'm pretty optimistic about where this program is and no one likes a loss, but they left it all on the field. That's all you can ask. Yeah, they sure did. And uh, the youth programs and the legacies program and the Sioux only helps uh, to, you know, feed that system. Mm-hmm. Once the players get into the JV and varsity level, you mentioned Escanaba, they would win that district and they face Gaylord in a regional semifinal. Ooh. That very well could be a possible state championship yeah. game. Dave, I, saw Gaylord play 36 and one Escanaba with state championships. Uh, if Cadillac was closer then you and I might be making a road yep. trip. That's going to be a great game. Yeah. We, we would have been uh, going down there and stopping uh, at a tavern, have a sarsaparilla <laughs> afterwards. Yes, uh, but, uh, you know, I, because I, I did tell you that, you know, if that was any closer, because I did, you know, from what you said about Gaylord, and I've heard some other uh, news clippings about them, but I've seen Escanaba. I've seen them before, like a few years ago, I watched them. Uh, they played the first game against Kingsford and won 11 to nothing. Right. And uh, Kingsford really never in it. But uh, Nicole Kameen, the outstanding basketball player, she's their power hitter. Uh, They have another Salo kid that can really pitch just depth. And you talk about feeder programs. Escanaba just keeps on rolling. I give a slight edge to Gaylord in that one, but that's going to be a dandy. And, uh, you know, that that is a program in Escanaba that if you're Sioux High, you strive to get to. There's it, the gold standard. It, yes, yeah. and they are the gold standard. And there's a, there was no question going in they were going to win that district over in Kingsford. But, uh, no, that will be a – what a matchup with them and Gaylord on Saturday. Sioux High baseball, uh, Dave, you plan to cover their district in Kingsford, but with Kingsford losing on Tuesday, the Decision was made to move that district to Marquette. Blue Devils fall to Marquette three to one as Escanaba ends up winning that district. Uh, you know, obviously tough uh, situation broadcast wise because you can't be two places in at once. But you know, Sue High again. I think much like the softball team, Dave. I think there's lots of good players at the JV level, and that's a program I think that's starting to make strides as well. 
Yeah, and uh, you know I'll t- uh, touch on that in a second, but you know as you were saying about uh, the calling the audible after Kingsford lost on Tuesday, I talked about it during the baseball broadcast last Wednesday against Petoskey over on Radio Sioux, and you know what, life isn't fair, but what a bunch of garbage! <laughs> exactly, but they they moved that, and really what I was going to do is we we're going to do baseball and play it by ear and try to get over to Lodal Park if uh, we had time for the softball. It worked out. I'm glad it worked out this way because we didn't do as many softball games, and I was glad to do the softball game. But I I was more angry about the you talk about inconveniencing people, and this is a case of the Western UP not giving a you know what about uh, schools like a Sheboygan or Sault Ste Marie coming over where they have hotel rooms and. You know, a lot of us go on, we don't just call the hotel. A lot of times you go Priceline, secondary sites, and it's impossible to get out of that and uh, to recoup your money. That was just absolutely garbage. I had a hotel room in Iron Mountain that played a, on Friday night, that played a main role why I stayed in Kingsford along with the the field in Marquette that they were playing at (laughs) was like a little league field. I watched the highlights on TV six, um, the cloud of dust would come up and you could see it hit Jack Hall because he was that close the radio announcer for Escanaba from new our buddy from news talk 600 and the radio results network there is no foul territory behind home plate it was too tight in there i worried about you know that the, the whole area is under construction and that makes a broadcaster nervous i've been down that road oh, before absolutely. you have as yeah. well and i was like no we're just gonna stick and do softball but i'll tell you what it's not the first time we've been stung by Kingsford. And they have some power down in Lansing. Al Unger used to be a high up. He's retired now, the athletic director. But they would pull some garbage moves. This is a garbage. This was a garbage move. You talk about not caring about anybody other than themselves. Because, you know, there are some people in some jams. And that just burns me up. It really does. That's wrong. And you know what? Turnabout's fair play because I believe next year, guess where they have to come? Ah, Up here to Sault Ste. Marie. So if it's in Sault Ste. Marie or Sheboygan, you know what? Sorry about your loss if you guys have to scramble because I don't want you know I don't want to hear it. Yeah. It, it just was garbage. But on the, the Blue Devil baseball team, uh I, I think you know there's a lot of optimism with them as well. The JV program looked really good. We got to see some kids against Petoskey. Mike Bontrager, the skipper's uh, son, can be a good pitcher. Yeah. Tall, lanky young man. Um, I, I could tell good delivery. It's coming along. I really like the Lumsden boys that were on the varsity all year. Their dad, Joel, said, well, you know, they didn't have the depth, so that's why you know they came up to the varsity, and he said they would have been stars in the JV. I said, but this is going to make them stronger. And boy, did they come along in the end. The second game against Petoskey, the first game, it didn't seem like Suhai was interested in being there. They lost 15 to nothing, and then the Northmen are good. The second game, they played really well. They were down 9 nothing, made it a 9-4 game, ended up 10-4. But Josh Lumsden came in in relief and did a really nice job. He has pop in the bat. His brother's a good fielder. So those are two good building blocks. Bontrager's good. You have some other good JV players coming up and with uh, some other pieces. Uh, Chris Bontrager's going to have a nice team here. You know, they had a chance against Marquette. I had the bases loaded in the seventh inning down 3-1. And uh, Bennett Swanson grounded out into a game-ending double play. You know, what do you do from there? But, uh, you know, they're coming along. And, you know, I was in... 
you know, more optimistic as the season went on because they got better as the season went on and they, they have some good pieces. So I, I think it's going to be fun to see some good Blue Devil baseball and softball here down the road. No surprise, Dave. Rudyard baseball and softball advance to the regionals and St. Ignace wins a district in softball. They'll good advance to the regional. Yeah, very good program, one that's building. And, you know, you look at what they've done in Rudyard just over the past, you know, 15 to 20 years, starting with Ronnie Van Sloat and building that b- baseball program, Pat Van Sloat. And along with Kirk Kukuski and now Stephen Davis with the softball program, you speak Jimmy of Smith. Jimmy Smith with the baseball as well. Billy Mitchell this season, you know that that's pretty much the gold standard in the EUP for two spring programs: softball and baseball. Doesn't get much better than Rudger. And, and you mentioned Pat. I don't know if you mentioned Ronnie Van Sloten. We don't need his feelings to get there. <laughs> he was He's first. Kind of- he was kind of sensitive. I heard you mention Pat, but no, they, and that's the, they are the gold standard in the EUP for baseball, softball. And I'm happy for Steve Davis. He's been around that program a long time, an assistant coach, and uh, glad to see uh, his team looking good. And I, I think they could make a deep run, you know, in the softball uh, districts, uh, you know, or going into the regionals. I didn't get a Good look at the regional. They play Norway, but they have to be the favorite going. Yeah, it should be Hancock in that one. Uh, Roger City probably the favorite in the other district or regional. So you could have Rudyard, Roger City quarterfinal in Rudyard a week from Tuesday. Oh, that'd be a good one. I might have to make the trek uh, down Tilson Road. Yes, uh, heading uh, down there for that one. That would be a lot of fun. And and then Rudyard baseball, they just continue to clip along as well. We're going to take a break here on the game. When Dave and I come back, we'll be joined by co-host Butch Davis from a Butch on Sports, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Done being stuck in the house? Ready for some summer fun on the water? Stop by Central Savings Bank for that boat or jet ski loan. Don't want to be on the water? Come see a lender about a camper or maybe a home equity for that cabin in the woods or a side-by-side or ATV. Remember, you can always apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. Whatever you're up to this summer, Central Savings Bank has the loan products to help get it done. Whether it's buying a boat, side-by-side, camper or cabin, tractor, a new house, or a ticket out of here, we can help. Call, stop by, or apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. And join CSB at the Road to Recovery Burger Bash, June 16th, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. under the canopy at 511. Bingham Avenue. It's 2021 and Green Metals in Dafter, your honest main source one-stop metal recycling business serving northern Michigan hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your heating bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux, on Mackinac Trail. 
You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. We continue to be joined in studio by Dave Watson, who will be with us for the rest of the show as we transition to regional sports with our next guest, co-host, and all-around good guy, Butch Davis, host of the show Butch on Sports, which you can find on his website. Just go to simplybutch2, that's T-O-O dot podomatic dot com. Brand new edition of Butch on Sports uploaded from a Sunday night. You can also find Butch's shows on our website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, it's warm, it's hot. How you doing on this Monday night, sir? We we could certainly use it, Butch, indeed, as uh, it's hot and it's humid, and we got a lot to cover here over the next uh, hour and 13 minutes. So let's start with the one team in Detroit that is playing. Obviously, that's not the Pistons or the Red Wings, the Detroit Tigers. After sweeping the New York Yankees at home, the Tigers hit the road this week, split a two-game series against Milwaukee, and then over the weekend lost three of four at first place Chicago, losing yesterday afternoon by the score of three to nothing the Tigers now 24 and 35 fourth place in the AL Central and they're going to open up a three-game home set with Seattle starting tomorrow night at what they hope will be a packed Comerica Park uh, Butch certainly Tigers have had some ups and downs give us an update on what's going on with that organization it will be packed because people are going to get shot that means the tickets will be free oh very good couple of them okay and a $10 Meyer certificate, too, to boot there, man, so you can buy some refreshments after the game. Well, nothing, nothing wrong with that, Butch. Uh, you know, looking at their play on the field, certainly they had a lot of momentum going in to this week and did all right at Milwaukee. But against Chicago, uh, you know, the bats kind of went south over the weekend, and uh, the Tigers also have, have made some roster moves over the past uh, 24 hours, including Michael Fulmer and Victor Reyes. Uh, what, what, what's going on with them? Uh, injuries, of course. When uh, pitcher out, uh, Michael Fulmer, it was uh, it was bound to happen. Uh, he's a little tired, a little uh, arm weary there. So they're going to give him ten days, or maybe a little bit more, to kind of get things in order. You know, he has been the uh, sometimes the light of the tunnel and the end of the tunnel too. When it came down to pitching a uh, relief, uh, more positive than negative, I would say there. Uh, <clears throat> another one, Victor Reyes. He's Log on uh, on the IR as well. Uh, he wasn't doing too hot, although he was Bobby doing exceptionally well in Toledo. He got up here and absolutely gave nothing. Derek Hill is up here. I'm glad to see that. We have at least a good defensive man in center field. However, he was supposed to be hot as a firecracker too, so we'll see how he pins when he comes up to Detroit. Um, the two good Things on that particular road thing, uh, road trip that the Tigers took, um, was basically their, um, <clears throat> Jonathan Scope and also Eric Haas again here, hitting home runs and, uh, bringing in runs. And after that, uh, other than Cabrera's little, uh, slight outburst <laughs> of, uh, hitting there, uh, the Tigers have gotten absolutely nothing from the hitters there. So that's going to have to change quick, fast, in a hurry. Also, the bullpen has been somewhat weary there, although they've had some uh, games that 
against Chicago, especially that they uh, scored some significant runs, but again, you couldn't hold them. So it's got to be a work in progress for the Tigers there. It should be very, very happy that they get a, um, I don't know about a full house per se, but a lot of inquisitive Tiger fans going into the park uh, this upcoming week with Seattle and Chicago. And Dave, you and I, big Tiger fans up here in the Eastern Upper Peninsula, certainly a, a really rough start for the Tigers. And you're starting to see signs here and there of a team that's starting to get it together. Just your overall impressions on the Tigers as we hit the uh, second week of June. Well, first, I want to piggyback on what uh, Butch mentioned. Uh, another uh, uh, move that they made this week and. uh, I hate. I don't like to see this happen to guys, but I've just about had it with them, and that is uh, Jacoby Jones was uh, designated for assignment, and uh, you know That's he a right move. And, yeah. and he was struggling bad, and you know here's a guy that you know that, that he looked like he had all the tools, defensively could run like a deer, had some injury issues, but just could not get it together hitting wise on a consistent basis, and they, they they cut their losses there. I like what they're doing from a standpoint of they're just not sitting on their hands like they have in the past. Right. They're to Butch's point, they're making moves, bringing Derek Hill up. That's a good move. Uh, I, I've seen a different type of team uh, in the Tigers last time. I was on Butch mentioned they need, you know need to bring a guy like Eric Haas up for anything that he has a good response in the clubhouse. We've seen that and he's really contributed and done a nice job at hitting and they put him out in left field along with his catching duties. Uh, so you've seen some good things that my concern right now is as every team's going to go through this is now the injuries are piling yep. up. Turnbull's out. Uh, we mentioned uh, Reyes uh, is in his struggles and uh, and now Fulmer's out and you know you, the concern like Butch mentioned with the bullpen is uh, they're starting to wear down a little bit. And you could see it yesterday. Kyle Funkhauser was pitched outstanding. They had to give him a blow because you worry about him because he has had some high tense taxing innings, but uh, they're coming along slowly. But uh, at the same time, you get concerned right now with all the injuries and see where they can go A perfect time to come home. I, uh, I echo what uh, Butch just said. I hope they have a packed house or close to it tomorrow night. I think that will, Give them a shot in the arm. No pun. No intended. pun intended. Very but good. But I, I think it, <laughs> I think that will help. And uh, coming home and uh, having Seattle, who they took care of up in Seattle, coming in, you know. So I'm optimistic for this week. And, and Butch, you mentioned on your show last night something I wanted to talk about here. Uh, you talked about you know the Tigers giving uh, people that get uh, vaccinated for COVID nineteen free tickets, and you brought up something on your show last night about some of the promotions that the Tigers and many organizations used to have. I mean, you know, back a while ago, you used to have bat day and helmet day and some really good things, you know, to get the the families to the ballpark. And I don't think they have that as much anymore. Is that something that, you know, an organization like the Tigers, whose fan base is frustrated, maybe not getting the attendance they want once they open up? Is that something you think that they should uh, look into? Well, stupid is what stupid does here. And the, the bottom line to all of that is many of these owners built these brand new stadiums to get the high end fan in a press, in a, in a, a private box with family and friends, maybe mostly, uh, friends, okay, for these particular boxes and whatnot. And I think the Tigers as well as the, um, Major League Baseball has forgotten about the kids there. When you look at the recruiting of American kids going into baseball, it has been low versus 
the amount of time and money that Major League Baseball spend in the Caribbean and also in South America, okay? And I'm not saying that's good or bad there, okay? But you, when you can't protect home first, okay, it's, it's, it's stupid, okay? And you're letting go a lot of potential good players by not exposing your game to to everyone, including the kids. They did a better job way back when than they are doing right now when it comes down to children from partaking in the game instead of getting kids in there to see mommy and daddy uh, guzzle down a hot dog or, you know, spill their beer or some of the other ridiculous things, holding babies and whatnot and catching a ball. You know, this don't get it, okay? And the, the Tigers are suffering more for it because, again, they're not winning baseball games there. Well, at least if you uh, hold these particulars, like a free bat day, a free ball day, free helmet day, glove day they had there, uh, you get the interest of kids in there. And that's maybe more than one child in the ballpark. The majority, when we went to bat day, the majority of people was in the ballpark, and that was about 55,000, 56,000 kids and stuff in there versus the adults who had to, had to deal with us there, pounding those bats on the cement. But they don't have that anymore, and they need that. That really gears a player up tremendously, especially when they hear kids in the background. And Dave, when you and I were growing up, certainly the Tigers were competitive, winning World Series and making playoffs. But just going to what Butch said about, you know, getting the kids involved. I have two kids in middle school and high school and they like sports and they and their friends don't ever seem to talk about or follow Major League Baseball. I think you're seeing that more and more over the years. Certainly when you and I are growing up, I mean, we, we could recite the, the lineups, uh, what they were batting uh, to Butch's point, uh, follow up on that. Well, and, and Butch is absolutely right. And, and they have gotten away from, you know, what's important. And that is, uh, you know, back in our day and back in the eighties, Scotty, you and I, at least that, uh, it was about the kids and you saw a lot of kids involved. That's why little league numbers were up. Yeah. Everybody wanted to be Alan Trammell or Lou Whitaker, Jack Morris, you know, cause those were our idols and yes, it, it helps winning, but at the same time, you have to think of the big picture and going to the ballpark and having autograph day and go, being able to go down there. I remember my, my parents bringing me to Tiger mm. Stadium and uh, having Al, Alan Trammell. I still have the autograph, uh, uh, you know, sign a baseball for me. That You know, the, there's nothing like it. You do not see that as much anymore. They've gotten away from it, and it is all about the sweets, uh, to Butch's point, and, and making the money, all those kind of things. But it's also about filling the seats and getting these kids at the game. The other thing, you know, I look at you mentioned the promotions. Yeah, I was just thinking of this when you when you were mentioning it, Scotty. Is that you know I I think of a few uh, about a few years ago. I talked to a buddy of mine because, you know, I, of course, uh, am a big Cleveland Bronze fan, lived in Cleveland five or six years back in the Cleveland Indians and Albert Bell days, and they yeah. were packing Jacobs Field, not Progressive Field. And I said to a buddy of mine, he went, went to the Indians game, and I was happy to see it on TV, and I said, uh, boy, that's packed because, you know, a few years ago, the Indians, were when they were pretty good, they, they still can get people in the seats. It was all about the Browns. It just kind of fell out of favor, though. And I said, boy, uh, I said, uh, it's, it's full there. And he says, yeah, Friday. Friday night, always full on Fridays. Says, What's that all about? Dollar Dog Day. There you go. And, and every Dollar Dog Day in, in uh, Cleveland for the Indians, they sell that place out. So they have taken a niche and they've held on to it. And I think that's something that the Tigers need to do. 
Gentlemen, we're going to take our top of the hour break. When the three of us come back, we'll continue a little more on Major League Baseball, get to the NBA, NHL, and who knows what else we'll talk about. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs, because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at onbloans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 and Roger, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargos, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, pec supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher Snow and Ice equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rudyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 and Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owners agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you for our two of the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show back in our Monday night slot where we will stay for quite some time, we certainly hope. We continue to be joined in studio by the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and host of Coach's Corner, Dave Watson, along with co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis, as we are into our regional and national sports coverage. And uh, Dave, I'll start with you on this one and then go to Butch. Uh, just looking around Major League Baseball right now, we're in the you know, second week of June, so we're starting to see the pennant races uh, taking some shape uh, in the AL East. Tampa currently leads Boston. Uh, Boston uh, by one game as they've separated themselves a bit from the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Chicago leads the AL Central by four games over Cleveland. In the West, Oakland continues to play well. Uh, they lead by one game over Houston. In the National League, the Mets lead the East three and a half games over Atlanta. Chicago and Milwaukee are tied for first in the Central. Very uh, competitive uh, division there. And in the West, San Francisco. I think the surprise of the Major League Baseball, at least in my opinion, still in first place in a very competitive NL West over San Diego and the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, Dave, 
personally, I haven't watched a whole lot of baseball other than the Detroit Tigers due to all the other sports going on. Just just give us your opinion on uh, what's going on in Major League Baseball right now. I was impressed last night of the Red Sox beating the Yankees. I think they swept them there. They did. the first time since the 90s, if uh, I have that right, or it's been quite a while. It's, and uh, the, I didn't realize because, you know, I kind of – on and off watching the whole landscape, kind of like you, Scotty, just focusing on the Tigers uh, of the time I do watch it with everything else going on. But uh, I didn't realize that uh, they were right up there in the division until uh, I saw that they swept the Yankees. Uh, and uh, that's going to be a fun race for them in Tampa Bay. I really like Tampa Bay. Uh, you talk about, you know, having a, you know, having a scope of not being, you know, a, a team that, you have to spend a bunch of money. They do things the smart way. They make interesting trades. I mean, I remember when they traded the former Tiger prospect, Willie Adamas, who's been a pretty good shortstop for him. It's like, ooh, he must have been struggling there. But that's what they do. I mean, they, they trade guys that they don't think they can keep money-wise. And kind of like Oakland, they are able to play the small contracts and uh, have great scouting. But those two teams, that's going to be a fun race there. And I, you know what? Oakland, uh, I'm just impressed with what they do. They play like Every camp- year. Oh, every year, and they play in that dump of a ballpark. Now they have it hanging over their head that they might have to relocate. I hope they don't because uh, I hate to see a team relocate, especially a team of tradition. But uh, Oakland is uh, fun to watch. And then the Central right now, uh, boy, the White Sox, they're going to be hard to beat. Cleveland's been right there with them. Kansas City's been kind of lurking. But I think it's all about uh, the White Sox. I think uh, Tony La Russa, a 95-year-old manager there, is going <laughs> to – I think the White Sox, it's their division. And then in the National League, you know, you you look at the Brewers and the Cubs. That's a fun rivalry, and that's going to be fun to watch. And San Francisco, you just wonder, do they have the mainstay? Because you got the Dodgers and all their talent, and then the Padres. I just don't see how the Padres could stay down for that long with Tatis if he could stay healthy and all the weapons they have. It's it's going to be fun to see, but it was a long ways to go. Yeah, long ways to go. Butch, uh, your thoughts on Major League Baseball as we are in the second week of June. Certainly uh, some interesting teams. Teams uh, atop some divisions right now. Who gives a damn? Come on. You know, I'm I'm looking at teams such as right now, um, we haven't mentioned Toronto, okay? Uh, A very, very young team indeed with a lot of ex- with Major League uh, Suns involved in that particular team, I'm very interested to see how they go up the ladder. And I, and I think before the season ends, you're going to see battles with Toronto and also Tampa Bay there. I like Tampa Bay especially well. But Boston, right now, loves the crowd and the, and the, the fans in Boston, and they're not going to linger on too hard, just as well as the Yankees, when their manager is not putting out there. And again, Boston put out uh, this particular there. They are 20 and 10 on the road. We're talking yeah. about Boston there versus 16 and 13 on the ro- uh, at home. Uh, that's a pretty doggone good recipe for some winning there. Also, Toronto, they're 13 and 13 at home with the problems they have with location of uh, being able to play in the home bar park, which right now they're playing in Buffalo. And on the way, they're 17 and 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 14 there. Uh, Oakland, what can you say about that particular team? You know, uh, don't spend no money. Uh, don't do anything fancy. They put players that will work with players and and deal with situational baseball, and they're great. For the National League there, 
Although DeGrom is the, is the king of Major League Baseball to me right now, the Mets is, is very, very simple. How much will they hold versus a team like Atlanta, who's under 500 right now in the East Division, and how they will uh, overcome some obstacles that they've had on their particular team there. Uh, Cincinnati. I kind of like them a, a great deal because they, they seem to spool out some offense there. But, again, if their pitching can get somewhat well, they might be very competitive in the Central in the National League. San Francisco, what can you say about them? But they only hold a two-game edge on San Diego, which is uh, a lot of people bet that they will be the top dog in the National League West. But the Dodgers don't put them away. They're only three out there. Colorado, I expect them to get hot sooner than later and really uh, kind of mess up the National League to a no-not one in the West Division there as far as getting into the playoffs. Oh, boy. You know, you, you can't say too much about the East there in uh, the National League. The lowest team is only seven games back from the top there, so... There's a lot of things to look at right now. Uh, I'm very interested down the road a piece, maybe in a month, to see how these teams kind of fare out. Butch, we'll stick with you before we get to the NBA playoffs with Dave and myself talking about the Detroit Pistons, who are looking forward to the NBA lottery uh, coming up later this month, where they have the second-best odds to land the number one pick. Last week, the Pistons hired former Michigan coach John Beeline of also involved with the Cleveland Cavaliers as their head coach as Beeline will be a senior advisor slash player development person uh, for the Detroit Pistons as Beeline was spotted at multiple Pistons games this year and the move marks his official return to the NBA after departing Cleveland after 54 games in his inaugural season. Uh, Thoughts on Beeline hiring by the Pistons and just any other Pistons news that you have for us? Well, the thing is right now that Beeline is very good in developing treatment for the younger players who are coming in the league there. He knows how to handle them. He uses a certain type of language in order to get them to, to try to, to thrive and get better. Uh, the Pistons need everything they can because, again, if Bernie, not Bernie, but Dwayne Casey, if he messes up an ounce, okay, and I mean an ounce, He'll be in the same situation that the uh, Red Wings are going to be in with their particular head coach that they also gave us some extra money to there to stay for a couple more years there. Indeed, they're they're, they're getting things ready. I think this is a perfect day for Beeline because, again, he had a problem in Cleveland with the players there. And I'm not saying that it was his fault or the players' fault but they seem not to, 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 to grasp what, uh, again, he brought at Michigan to, to motivate the, uh, the, the younger kids in order to do very, very well. And he seems like he'll be a very good motivator for young kids there. Now, how the veteran players accept that in order for them to get better, I think that will be the story. But we both know those two teams in particular in the Red not the Red Wings, but the Pistons there, are going to be piling up more younger kids there. Uh, hopefully they don't have the bad luck that the Red Wings have when it comes down to the draft because, again, the Pistons should sooner or later get a high pick. What they do with it is uh, 
beyond me, okay, because there's a lot of kids right now who are coming out of basketball who want to be drafted that are pretty doggone good, will be pretty good in the pros there. Dave, uh, let's move on to the NBA playoffs. I'll go to you first, and then Butch. Uh, let's go to the East as uh, both the semifinal series have started. Atlanta yesterday after dispatching of the Knicks in five games. Uh, they got out to a big lead and knocked off Philadelphia 128-124 to to take a 1-0 series lead. Trey Young, boy, I'll tell you what, this guy continues to play well. He had 35 points on Sunday, and he's the first player to score 30 points or more on the road in his first four playoff games since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of the Milwaukee Bucks back in 1970. Game two is set for Philadelphia tomorrow night, and game two tonight, as a matter of fact, it already has started in Brooklyn, who is without James Harden tonight, as he had a hamstring issue early in game one. The Nets are up one nothing over Milwaukee after their 115-107 win on Saturday night. Uh, just overall thoughts on the Eastern semifinal series you know, that Atlanta team, I wasn't that surprised that they knocked off Philadelphia, even though Embiid is back, and certainly Philadelphia might have some momentum with their late charge. But just overall, Dave, your thoughts on the NBA East playoffs? Well, you know, you look at Atlanta, like you said, uh, Trey Young is something else, and what he did to the Knicks and, and then had a big game on Sunday. You know, you look at it, I give the edge to Philly if, a big if, they're healthy, and that's a big question. Embiid, you know, you hear Shaquille O'Neal mention, uh, he uses the analogy, if you're injured is one thing. If you're hurt, you play hurt. Yep. He said you know, he played hurt his whole career, and I don't know if Embiid has ever had that mentality, you know, the ambition and the drive, you know, because the talent's there. When he's on, look out. And the other concern I have with the, the Sixers, I watched the end of that Washington series, and they started uh, – you know, uh, fouling Simmons. Hackaben. The Hackaben, <laughs> like Waltz. Hackashack. Yeah. And because he was struggling at the line mightily, that is going to be an issue if it, that doesn't get corrected. You know, and so if Philadelphia is healthy and right, I, I think they're the toughest team out there, but I don't think they are. So right now, you know, I, I think Atlanta, with everything going on with the Sixers, they're going to be a, a tough fault with Trey Young and, and, and be just, he's just something's not right there with him. And then the, the Simmons situation. You look over and with Brooklyn and Milwaukee, I'm pulling for the Bucks. I've always liked the Bucks, and I like uh, the Greek freak and all that. But uh, you know, you you think that they would have the edge without James Harden. But if Brooklyn, this is a, a big if, if they can get, and I, I don't think they're going to get the contributions the whole series from uh, Blake Griffin and the cast there, the supporting cast, because Griffin, if you saw that game again Saturday, it's like. Where was that the last, was that the last few years? You know, it just goes to show well, I'm playing for a contender now. So he's diving for loose balls. He's all over the place. But I, I still like the Bucks to win that series, especially if Harden's out. Butch, uh, your thoughts on the Eastern semifinals uh, and uh, any other comments? What's wrong with Griffin? He was healthy now. Yeah, that's and true. That's a big, big deal when it comes down to playing with the Pistons versus playing with the Nets. The Nets can afford to just sit this guy down and let him get well as best he can versus the Pistons that he's on again, off again, making injuries more worse. That's the same situation right now the Philadelphia 76ers are having right now with some of their players, especially Embiid, who has a small lateral tear 
and his meniscus there. Uh, he said they don't need uh, any kind of surgery per se, but again, he's questionable in game number two. And you don't want to get too far out in the open there, because right now Young is hot as a firecracker, and the people he got around him, he's motivating them very well to give Atlanta uh, something of a huge surprise with everybody who's watching them play there. They're playing outstanding, playing good dog on outstanding defense as well. In the West Division there, we'll see what Utah does. There. They're going to be the favorite of all this stuff there, them and Denver, and we'll see how that goes. Although the L.A. Clippers showed yesterday that with uh, some veteran help and some skill and also playing good defense, uh, they can be somewhat uh, rattled there. So with all that saying right now, round two is uh, is upon everybody. So we'll see how they get and uh, get going <clears throat> with the quickness there. But again, I'm looking at Atlanta. I'm looking at Utah there. Yeah, the West semifinals will start tonight, 10 o'clock in Phoenix against uh, Denver. The other West semifinal will start tomorrow night in Utah as the Jazz will take on the Clippers. Butch mentioned the Clippers uh, got at least one monkey off their back, Dave, uh, winning that series against Dallas. And one of the things I like about the eight teams that are still involved in the NBA playoffs is – we haven't had a champion of the eight teams. You have to go back to 1983 with Philadelphia. Milwaukee last won it in 1971. Atlanta last won it as the St. Louis, Louis Hawks in 1958. None of the other five teams have ever won. As a matter of fact, Denver and the Clippers, they've never even been to an NBA final. So, you know, while maybe the ratings uh, gods at TNT and ABC and ESPN maybe might not like some of these combinations, Dave, as an NBA fan that doesn't really have a horse in the race, I think it's good for basketball, especially with some of these young guys with, with Booker and Phoenix and Young in Atlanta and just some of these. He's, you know, Donish, he's going to be back. But I think it's good for the NBA not to have the Cleveland, Golden States, L.A. Lakers, and just These the same old teams. cast of characters. I think this is good for basketball. Just, you know, we're going to have a new champion. Well, and the super teams, you know, that they put together, all their buddies uh, hooking up and now, hey, come play with us. And, yeah, I agree with it. It's good parody. I, I think that Jazz Clippers uh, series is going to go seven. And, you know, I, I – I think, you know, looking at it, my money's right now is on uh, Denver to yeah. come out of the West. Jokic is going to be the MVP. He's he's phenomenal to watch. I mean, if they if uh, opponents and if Phoenix and uh, whoever they would play if they get by Phoenix can't contain him, he's an issue. The one uh, problem with them is uh, guard play with uh, Murray who has been injured. Uh Michael Porter Jr. is a tremendous young player, but I really like Denver. I, I give them an edge over Phoenix. Phoenix, I think they'll win that in five or six games. And then uh, I think it will be them in uh, Utah in the Western Conference Final, and that'll be a fun one. But I think the Jazz Clippers series, I see that going seven. Gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got to move on to the NHL as the second round has begun. Certainly lots of interesting games and series, and we'll talk about that all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. 
O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. The last tractor you'll ever need is here. Get into a Massey Ferguson Compactor Utility Tractor and accomplish more than ever before. These versatile tractors are known for their unbeatable power, smart fuel economy, and upgraded creature comforts. And with their ability to multitask through any job around the yard or farm, they'll provide you with outstanding value for years to come. Do all you need to do and more with Massey Ferguson Compact and Utility Tractors. Visit Skinners of Pigford to find the right model for your operation. Done being stuck in the house? Ready for some summer fun on the water? Stop by Central Savings Bank for that boat or jet ski loan. Don't want to be on the water? Come see a lender about a camper. Or maybe a home equity for that cabin in the woods or a side-by-side or ATV. Remember, you can always apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. Whatever you're up to this summer, Central Savings Bank has the loan products to help get it done. Whether it's buying a boat, side-by-side, camper or cabin, tractor, a new house, or a ticket out of here, we can help. Call, stop by, or apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. And join CSB at the Road to Recovery Burger Bash, June 16th, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. under the canopy at 511 Bingham Avenue. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 719 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host Butch Davis and special guest Dave Watson for the regional sports coverage slash roundtable. If you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it around 8.30 on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, we'll go back to you to talk about the Detroit Red Wings. You mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the Detroit Pistons. Lottery luck, certainly not in the Wings cards as they had the sixth best chance to get the number one pick in the upcoming NHL draft. And, well, they got the sixth pick as the Wings will have 12 picks in this year's NHL draft. Uh, certainly it wasn't a, a terrible situation for the Wings, Butch picking six, but uh, I, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't buy a lottery ticket from anybody in that organization. They just have no luck in that lottery. Never, 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 again, never put your luck in the lottery like that there, man. <laughs> and, you know, the Red Wings are not in a bad position, Okay. They got a lot of young players who are playing in the in the world games right now who I do very much so expect to be here in Detroit. Uh more the uh let's see Sadik, uh Sadik, uh whatever it may be. Uh he's doing one heck of a job down there uh, in the world finals there for the uh for their, his particular team he's representing there. Uh Red Wing Pick, uh he you know, it's time to start bringing these young kids up. Let them go to war. 
and put some of these young kids on the roster who basically, you know, they hosed last year by putting them on the more or less what they call the taxi squad there. Uh, and you're going to see some veterans clear out here. And I'm, I'm afraid to tell you that uh, Glenn Denning is be, will be one of them there that I expect may not be with the Red Wings this upcoming season there. So, you know, at ever hat on your hat, so when the wind blows, you don't lose your hat or anything else that's not buckled down there, because the Red Wings are going to make some swinging sweeps, hopefully for the best of things there, because I think the Red Wings are, are a lot better team than they were the year before. Uh, they're learning how to play offensive uh, defense, okay, and when it comes down to the Red Wings stopping their forwards, and doing the job with the other fours now start checking and doing be a little tighter like they were doing in the latter part of the season, especially the defensive uh, uh, players who are playing right now seem to get the grasp of what the uh, the, the manager uh, wants to uh, inject or the head coach wants to inject in the players to protect the goaltender. I'm very, very curious. Uh, how they're going to treat the goaltender? Will they bring all of them back, or they put somebody in the mix to kind of shake some things up? I'm betting on that second one there. So don't be surprised if we don't see some moves with the goaltenders via trade or someone just coming up and outshine them both of them. And Dave, you and I also longtime Red Wing fans, and uh, many of my friends are, and I I seem to hear the same thing with them about the Detroit Red Wings believe in Steve Eiserman. This mm-hmm. is a guy, general manager, only been here a year or so. Uh, you know, look at what Tampa's doing. They won last year. They're looking really good, which we'll talk about here in a moment. And so are you in that camp uh, along with a lot of people and, and myself uh, believe in Steve Eiserman because he's done it? I mean, you know, one of the the greatest Red Wings of all time, certainly in our generation. Uh, are you a believer in Steve Eiserman? I am. And, uh, you know, I, I'm right in that camp too, Scotty. And that's and funny when they – announced that Jeff Blasio was coming back. I was somewhat surprised. I don't know if uh, not that, that they uh, kept him that type of thing. I had a feeling that they're going to, and I'll get into that feeling in a second, but I don't know about you, but uh, of course you and I being here in, in the Sioux area, which Jeff Blasio is from, he was born in the Detroit area. His dad was a cop down there and uh, his dad, Jim started the CJ program, mm-hmm. criminal justice program at Lake Superior state university. And that's where uh, the Blasio family came and uh, we're uh, of course, uh, you know, Jeff and his brother Timmy grew up, and we grew up with, with Timmy in particular, uh, I think more than Jeff. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I was a little surprised around the community. There was a lot of people felt he should have been gone, uh-huh. and, and, you know, here in the Sioux area. And, uh, you know, I said right away, I said, listen, this is a, a good quality coach. He's won everywhere he's gone. I think he was put in a bad position uh, when he got the job, uh, in, uh, you know, because w- w- he had an aging team, and Ken Holland uh, just did some. Really, I, I thought some poor decisions with free agency, Darren Helm, a four-year deal, uh, the, signing the defenseman Green, which everybody's like, oh, they needed a defenseman. He's great on the power play. So did you check out the dude's plus minus lately? <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, so they he was kind of backed into 
into a corner there so I could defend him. And if they were to fire him tomorrow, he would have a job in no time. I truly believe that. So I think you have a longer leash with him. And if, to your point, if Steve Eiserman says, you know, we're bringing him back, I believe in what he can do, the time's a ticking, though. He better start getting it done because otherwise that leash is going to get shorter. But I, I entrust him. If Steve Eiserman believes that we need to stay the course with Blashill, I, I entrust in him. Butch, uh, moving on to the NHL playoffs games last night, Montreal, a 3 nothing series lead over Winnipeg, uh, winning 5-1. to one. Game 4 is tonight in Montreal with fans, believe it or not, in Canada. Series between Colorado and Vegas tied at 2 as the Knights, the Golden Knights, excuse me, topped the Avs last night 5-1. to one. Game 5 set for Tuesday in Denver. Game 5 tonight in Boston between the Islanders and Bruins. That series tied at 2 in Tampa. will try to advance to the I think it's Eastern final on Tuesday as they hold a 3-1 series lead against Carolina. Butch, my Stanley Cup pick was Colorado and Tampa Bay looking pretty good, but certainly Vegas, uh, they're not going to go away lightly. That's a great series. Your thought on the NHL playoffs? Not too much. Let me say this before I start our comments on the playoffs there. Red Wing fans, they're trying very hard to get Jill Gillard in here. Think about it if you got nothing else to do. <laughs> I'd like to see Montreal sweeping big time. And they have a chance to do that tonight. They have not gotten a rest. I'm talking about Montreal and that particular series with Winnipeg there. I just don't know why, but maybe it's intended to be that way. Maybe because of their, the Canadian League got so behind because of the issue with uh, Vancouver. I don't know. But that might be the case. But we will see what happens out of that particular uh, particular uh, game there. Uh, they should be getting together about 8 o'clock tonight there, talking about Montreal. Um, Boston, they're going to come back. They're going to come back with quickness there. I don't know about Long Island, but, you know, that's going to be a thing of beauty. In, in, in looking at that particular series. But uh, the series that I think, you know, you should, I think it should be whole. And uh, I would look at very quickly to be somewhat a series uh, of, of destiny there is, and I'm trying to bring it up on my board now here, which is failing me, boys and girls. Oh, come on, Butch. Oh, yeah, that's okay. You know, <laughs> that's all right. I, you know, I, I really, I'm really looking very squarely at, I hate to say it, but the New York Islanders, okay? Although uh, they're where they're at right now, I think they're going to get a lot more better there. I just, I just, I'm thinking of that. But on the other horn there, Colorado, Las Vegas, now, to, uh, you know, has a chance to tie that bad boy up there. I'm still liking Las Vegas. I know you like Colorado, okay? So, I'm going to give it to you that <laughs> The best team win here. Uh, but when you get the T-Mobile Arena or whatever they call it right now there, I, you know, all the pageantry and whatnot and the geeking there, if the, yes, the, if the Las Vegas can harness that to go tonight, they're going to be in the Stanley Cups again there. I do believe that. If they get in the Stanley Cups, I do believe they'll win. Yeah, Vegas certainly, uh, you know, they were only an expansion team, Dave, a few years ago. And uh, looking at the Seattle. Oh. 
How many years? Just two years ago? Two years. Oh, my goodness. I was saying the Seattle Kraken need to look at that blueprint that Vegas did. Yeah. You know, looking at that series against Colorado, I mean, two just high level teams. And, you know, you look at that Tampa Carolina game, the other, what, eight goals in the, in the second period, just wild. Uh, your overall thoughts, Dave, on the NHL playoffs? Well, the first thing I want to mention just came in when you guys were talking about two years for uh, Vegas and the expansion draft in Seattle Kraken. Now, I was reading not that long ago that they are changing the way they're allowing the expansion draft because there was a lot of grumbling about uh, how the Knights were able to put their uh, team together with all the studs. But it's like, what do you do? They, do, you do? These other teams leave uh, these yeah. players unprotected. But I don't know what they're going to do, but they have some kind of plan. We'll see what that is when the expansion draft comes up. I've enjoyed the NHL playoffs. Uh, my second favorite team, I said this I think last time, I love the Islanders. I always, going back when I was a kid, I, I really like the Islanders and that what a scene the other night mm. great I'm sure you guys have talked about on previous shows great to see fans back and that was a raucous atmosphere I see that series going seven games uh, I, I really do it's 1-1 right now they started at 630 tonight oh, wow. okay and it's a uh, 1-1 after uh after the uh, first period of play. So it's a one, one game in Boston, but uh, I really like the Islanders and uh, you know, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. I think they're going to close out Carolina, but uh, that Vegas Colorado series, uh, you know, Colorado jumped up uh, two Oh, and then uh, Vegas comes back. And I agree with Butch boy, Vegas is, they are tough. And you know, I, I can't bet against the Vegas Knights. And I think that's a series of too bad. It can't be for the Western conference final, right? Because whoever wins this series, sorry, Lou Turco, the Montreal, <laughs> Canadians, I think, will win that Canadian series with Winnipeg. I, I just don't think they could beat either one of these teams. And Butch, I checked in with our good friend Dave McKegg. He, he's still struggling a bit with his Maple Leafs, but he's doing okay. I just wanted to point that out because I know you were very concerned. I was very concerned with Dave. You know, try to walk through Canada and get to the Ambassador Bridge. But that's okay, man. Go to the food one. It's closer. But anyway... I want to comment on the on the particular there, you know, uh, on the draft thing here with the Kraken. Maybe a little things a little bit different. Uh, Vegas remind me a great deal when the old expansion came in nineteen sixty six sixty seven. Okay, where you had those uh, six teams come in: Pittsburgh and Philly and St. Louis, Oakland, and you know, the, it goes on and on and on there. Did they do something that St. Louis did that put them in the Stanley Cup that particular next year? They got a lot of older veteran players that basically people wrote off, but then they get them on a team where they can say, we can kick these guys rear end here. And, and, and it worked out for Scotty Bowman in that particular situation. It worked out for Jill Gillard with the, right now, with the, um, but the, um, the Golden Knights, okay, when they had it there, it's good management staff. And, you know, we haven't had one of those in Detroit until just recently there. The other team, you know, we'll wait and see. But we're talking about hockey right now. Good management staff know who knows how to play. They're playing not because of the money. They're playing because of the kid uh, thoughts 
and the kid doggone grievous that gave to the game in general there. And, and and it works out. It will always work. And that's why I believe the Kraken is not going to be too far down the road. They may not make the playoffs the first year, but the Kraken with the draft and the available players that's going to be there, which are going to be a lot of veterans again. If they could do a good piece of piecemeal kind of situation and putting those teams together, okay, or that particular team together, they're going to have a competitive team all the way down the line in Seattle there. And Dave, it starts with goaltending. That's yes, it does. Yeah. If, they, if they can get, like, in, uh, you like know, Butch, if you recall, Vegas went on and got Marc-Andre Fleury. He was uh, sitting there that Pittsburgh left him available. That there was the big building block, and then they could just grow from there. With an expansion draft, it starts with goaltending. So if they if they can get a guy that's a proven veteran there that knows how to get it done, then you scoop them up right away. And I think which, again, St. Louis did in that earlier scenario I gave with Hall, with Glenn Hall and Jock Plot. Okay, you right on the on the nail head there. And I mentioned the Red Wings having goalies right now. They're a pretty good dog on on the team there. But again, they got younger kids that can come in and play immediately and maybe do it better. Don't be surprised. If one of those goaltenders are not let go when they're available for that particular draft, and the Kraken pick one of them up, and they do very well in their place of new home. And I think Seattle got off to a good start, Dave, by picking their general manager as Ronnie Francis, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario's yeah. own former Sue Greyhound. I mean, I think that's the right guy to be put in that situation. Certainly, uh, they got to like that pick. They got the foundation, and I, I, I tell you what, uh, Seattle uh, uh, fans better be, uh, you know, excited because you know he, he's going to look at it. You know, he's him and his staffs already looking at the what's available in the draft, and and they'll put together a good team. But it does it starts when you have an expansion, especially an expansion draft. That's where you really look at. Okay, we want a goaltender first, and then from there you just kind of build. And that's what Vegas did. You know, you look at the guys like Stone and players like that, and there's uh, some other guys at uh, Marseille, I think I uh, might be butchering his name. He, you know, he was kind of left on the scrap heap. Yeah. The guys that just uh, picked up and, and it comes down to your scouting and, and things of that nature. And I, I think that if they have that together, they'll have a pretty good roster. It doesn't matter what the NHL throws at them as far as rules with this expansion draft. And that rules don't mean nothing there where some of these teams are going to unload some big money players there. And they're going to be available for a diamond doesn't. Why not pick them up there? Why not invest the money in that particular? If they can influence other players on the team to play with that spirit that needs to get a winning team together, so be it. That is a very good investment indeed. And I laughed, Butch, uh, at the, a few years ago. Well, these crybaby general manager, managers, if you recall, they whined about uh, Vegas and, and you know how they were able to do the draft. And I'm thinking, well, if you were better at your craft, exactly. it wouldn't be an issue. If the clowns didn't let go all those players that somewhat they should have kept, then Vegas is not the way it is at, at this present day. Vegas got good because, again, you mentioned it and I mentioned it as well. They start out with a foundation of a damn good goaltender. Mark andre Fleury, uh, 
Clippers should have re-signed the guy, but they didn't. They told him to go to hell, okay, and put him in that draft. And by golly, he's the one right now is profiting the differences, not only locally as far as a star and as far as influencing the town of Las Vegas, but also as a goaltender in the National Hockey League that he has not lost his stuff. And when you got some players around him that's going to support him, by golly, you got a good formula right then and there. And Scotty, if you recall, the Pittsburgh gave up uh, Mark Andre Fleury for the former Greyhound, Matt Murray, who who played very well for them. Sure. But you know, where's Matt Murray now? Exactly. And uh, final thought here before we go to break, guys. There's something to be said about a bunch of guys that were cast off and played with a chip on their shoulder. Certainly, we saw that in Vegas. We're continuing to see it, and I think we'll probably see it in Seattle as well. We got to take our final break of the night. When we come back, we still have to talk uh, some NFL as the Detroit Lions uh, looking maybe at another running back along with Julio Jones trade. We'll also talk about Butch and covering the Detroit Grand Prix this weekend. And who knows what else we'll talk about, but we will talk about it all coming up next on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. It's 2021 and Reed Metals in Dafter, your honest, main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your heating bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs, because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at OMBLoans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargoes, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, peck supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher Snow and Ice Equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rudyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here.
You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN of 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports and Dave Watson, voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and host of Coach's Corner. Uh, Butch, the Detroit Lions uh, have been talking or at least uh, have been shown they've been interested in possibly Todd Gurley. Coming uh, to the backfield this season, uh, that's about the only news that I've seen this week. I know you talked a little bit more about the Lions on your show uh, over the weekend. Just give us a Detroit Lions update. Gurley is all about the money, yep, and he's not worth it right now. I can see them building up a, a, a pretty good dog on contract with some incentives involved. But Gurley has lost it the last three years here, and I can't see them right now just throwing out a bucket of money for Gurley for X number of years, and he's not producing there. So that would be a good move indeed if they can kind of settle the tide there and get themselves together on contract terms there, giving them Gurley a shot which basically means that he's not going to make as much money as he thinks he's going to make, or his agents then pumped him up to make him believe there. On the other hand, with the OTAs are mandatory this week, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, uh, all the t- uh, teams can get together and know that they have uh, read their playbook and see how many of the players have grasped it. To put together a show, remember now they can't do nothing with pads on right now. But a lot of the thought of the play uh, calling as well as the defense forming together, especially the, those, those defensive backs that I always can't stand. Not saying, but we'll say it anyway because it's been so damn bad for the Detroit Lions in that vicinity there. Especially when you get a lead and you can't hold it because you're scared to play man-to-man. Uh, it, it, it's going to be very interesting with the rah-rah by coach we have, uh, Mr. Campbell. Dave, uh, news in the NFL over the last couple days. Uh, Julio Jones, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, former wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, is going to Tennessee as he was traded over the weekend for some draft picks. Uh, your thoughts on that move? Certainly uh, Tennessee did lose uh, a couple of their players and Corey Davis and I believe uh, the tight end Smiths. So they needed some weapons. Uh, what's your thoughts on that trade and anything else in the NFL? Well, I think that might put them, you know, uh, over the hump in the uh, AFC South, perhaps. But, uh, you know, to be honest with you, Scotty, I, I if I was a Titans fan, I'd rather have Corey Davis and uh, Julio Jones. I kind of wonder it's if Jones, offense better, I you think. know, yeah. And, and Julio Jones is kind of, uh, you know, getting towards uh, the downswing. It seemed last year, but a new team, uh, new fresh outlook might uh, change it there. But a lot of people think that Tennessee's the next team in the AFC that could threaten Kansas city. Of course, my Browns are expected to be there. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I, I do think, you know, it's interesting how he moved on and how quick, Quickly that was, and that whole thing with with Shannon Sharp on Fox Sports One. Yeah. When you know, did he know he was talking, you know, to him on the air type of thing? But uh, I think he did. I think he he it was choreographed, and he wanted a, a way out of there and uh, to get out of Atlanta. But we'll see what happens. It does uh, make it intriguing with uh, him now in Tennessee. 
Butch, uh, the Detroit Grand Prix coming up this weekend, starting on Saturday at Belle Isle. Uh, I believe that it did not, was not, I should say, held last season. Uh, always an event that you like going to. Uh, are you going to be covering that this weekend and give our listeners an update? I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to give Merle, uh, uh, Merle Kane a call because, uh, you know, I want to be down there for at least Sunday's race there. Indeed, I'm quite sure Merle will make arrangements there. And, of course, we're going to have to get Merle on the show there. I mean, within a couple of weeks, and I promise you we're going to do that. Sounds there. good. We can really fire some questions about the Grand Prix and how it's going to go about. Is it going to stay in Detroit? You know, there's a lot of significant pull that uh, that the Grand Prix shouldn't be at Belle Isle. Where are you going to hold it? In the, in, in the ceiling there on the Detroit River? What are you going to do if you don't have that major event there? Because it brings in a lot of income. It brings in some high, high price and also uh, very uh, validable players uh, and riders and drivers and, and skilled people and owners into town and whatnot. Brings a lot of money in the city of Detroit there, and I don't think they want to lose that there. But again, they're not careful. Uh, things that might ride with that. For this year's Grand Prix, John Johnson is the, is the look because this will be his uh, initial appearance, I think, at the Grand Prix in Detroit there. He's, uh, he's done IndyCars before and been pretty good in, in dealing with that, uh, but now it's going to be his long-term um, uh, project. That's going to be one of the interests there. Of course, our Indianapolis 500 winner, uh, we haven't heard yet. Is he going to be in town for Detroit to race? I'm quite sure he will. Uh, it, it's a lot going on here, but this week is uh, the, the leather uh, – as I just say, hit will be definitely hitting the road when the Grand Prix will be practicing and teams loading up their uh, particulars all in uh, Bell Isle and the crowd for whatever time it's going to be up to Sunday uh, evening and afternoon. It's going to be uh, pretty grand where people have somewhere else to go. Looking forward to it indeed. Uh, Dave, uh, any other topics that you want to bring up tonight on the roundtable? We have time for one, maybe two, before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down. You're our guest tonight, so the floor is yours. Well, you know, I was watching before you know I came into town here for the show, and uh, you know I was watching ESPN. And I thought, you know, this is something to bring up. Uh, the uh, right in your wheelhouse too, Scotty, being an umpire. I'll tell you what, uh, it's amazing to see how far along and with the the coverage from ESPN, it's helped how college women's softball has come. I was watching Oklahoma and James Madison. James Madison was trying to be the first, uh, you know, not seeded team to make the final since like 94, right. I think. And uh, Oklahoma ended up winning 7-1. But I'll tell you what, these girls are quite, quite the athletes. I w- I've been watching a lot of this. Oklahoma State the other day, they had a, a girl up there on the pitching circle. She did a little... Uh, shoulder shimmy and then wind up 75 80 yeah. miles an hour i mean th- these these girls can flat out play and and it's it's fun to watch it's very competitive they they've uh, have quite a few fans in the, what it looks to be a beautiful ballpark at a hall of fame stadium but uh, just kudos to women's college softball and to see it coming along it's it's fun to watch i mean it, i'll be honest with you it's not that far off for me to watch that as opposed to you know my love of college hockey or march madness with basketball it's fun to watch and it's one of those uh, sports that sneak up on you 
Butch, you and I have talked about this a lot, and I'll go first and then hand the floor over to you. But yeah, the Oklahoma defeated James Madison. What a story, James Madison, just to get there. They knocked off a couple ranked teams and then won their first two games, but were knocked out. Uh, Oklahoma will take on the winner of the game, I think, just starting, or maybe it's already starting between Alabama and Florida State. The Alabama pitcher the other night threw a perfect game, uh, the first time in uh, 21 years at the College World Series. And I've been watching watching this sport more and more, not just, uh, you know, a lot of times I watch the umpires because I I like to see how they call a game and try to improve my trade, but just the overall action and the intensity and the athleticism with these athletes, it's just, it's, it's a sport that's growing. It's growing here locally. I mean, we're seeing more and more teams become competitive in the high school ranks and it's just, it's a lot of fun to watch just the game. I enjoy it more than college baseball, to be quite honest. I just think the game flow, is better. Uh, I like watching uh, these pitchers and just like Dave said, throwing 74, 75 miles per hour and just and just the intensity. It, it's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed watching the College World Series and certainly uh, best two out of three will start tomorrow night down in Oklahoma. Either Alabama or Florida State will take on Oklahoma. It's been a lot of fun to watch. It's taken me away from watching Major League Baseball, Butch Moore, because I've been watching the Women's College World Series. I'm going to be watching what gets me off, okay? And I watched Florida State last night, and it was a late-day game indeed. After 12 o'clock, it was still playing. And Florida State, man, wow. I mean, those girls were making plays left and right. They they hit the ball at the right time in the later innings to get their lead. It, it, it was an exciting game, and I'm quite sure tonight will be just as exciting, and hopefully it can be there. But, yes, ESPN has done one hell of a job. Yeah, they really – Non-traditional sports back to the forefront. Uh, uh, the College World Series, as they – and also gymnastics a couple weeks back. Uh, going to ABC, their major network there, influencing those cats from Disney that we got to show, we showed it, and got humongous response there. I like seeing that. I like to see uh, women's golf be uh, given a lot more uh, play and push on that particular one. As this weekend, it was a playoff where basically two women were just busting their tail. Did it very, very good for. Uh, people do uh, get out there and, and do their thing and have a great time there. I had to chuckle uh, over the – well, it was last night, as a matter of fact. I was watching the USA-Mexico soccer match. Great match. USA won 3-2. to two. But my son uh, was very invested in the Floyd Mayweather-Logan Paul exhibition boxing match. Now, he was following it online, Dave. But a few of his friends uh, put out the 50 bucks or whatever it was to watch it, and it it was a draw. They actually didn't even have uh, scoring, I think, in that, and uh, he was very disappointed. It was an exhibition, exhibition. and I told him, you know, you got to tell your friends, uh, boxing, you know, this isn't something new for boxing. I know Mayweather in the press conference uh, was talking about how much money he made and and such, and I don't even know who this Logan Paul guy is. I know he's on the Internet. He's He's a a YouTube YouTube star. And so I'm out of that realm. But uh, just overall, you know, this is something that nobody forced uh, people to buy the pay-per-view. You kind of should know what you're getting into. I just wanted your guys' thoughts on uh, the uh, the exhibition boxing match. It sounded like Logan Paul at least held his own a little bit. But both of those guys are laughing all the way all the way to the bank, Dave. 
Yeah, you know, and hey, people watch it. It's not my cup of tea to watch, uh, you know, uh, as far as Floyd Mayweather, who's, uh, you know, this is the second time he's trying to, you know, be relevant, I guess. Yeah. You know, it was it the first time? Conor uh, McGregor. With Conor yeah. McGregor. And that one, I know a lot of guys I work with, uh, they they were all excited about watching that one. And this one didn't have a lot as much steam, I think, because a lot of people, to your point, don't know who Logan Paul is. Uh, the uh, first time I heard of him when, is when he knocked out the uh, uh, former NBA player, uh, Nate Robinson. Right, the, yeah, the little guy Robinson. Knocked him out flat, <laughs> flat piston, cold. And that was the first time I ever heard of this guy. And then the next thing you know, he's in this exhibition. But, hey, not my cup of tea, but if people like it, you know, uh, you know, money talks. That's how it, you know the world works. And, uh, Butch, you and I remember when uh, Mayweather took on the big show, I believe, in a WrestleMania. Uh, your thoughts on the uh, money May- Mayweather making more money last night? At least he worked with the big show there to make it look authentic there, man. That was a good little uh, exchange with the big show and in, uh, in him, man. Uh, but uh, Mr. Paul, I, I remember seeing on the WWE uh, doing uh, a stint there just uh, just recently, okay, and uh, that's the first time I heard of the guy here. And, you know, for all, you know, people who, I mean, not saying waste, they waste their money, but it wasn't official there. It was an exhibition. It was something that people, you had nothing else to do. And believe me, as wild as the streets have been these last couple of weeks there with all these uh, <laughs> things being lifted from the pandemic, you really didn't have nothing else to do here, man. I'm sorry to, to say that, but. I didn't watch it. Didn't care. Yeah, I, I didn't either as well. Uh, gentlemen, we got about six minutes left, so we have time uh, to get through our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week before we talk to you two one more time about what's going on in your broadcast world. Uh, I'm going to give all thumbs up this week. I'm going to keep it positive. Thumbs up to Team USA Soccer. Last night, they were taking part in the first ever CONCACAF Nations League title. Now, this is a tournament. It's not the World Cup. It's not the uh, the Gold Cup. It's not the any of this it's it's a tournament that was put forth so teams could play more games it was in front of a packed house in denver usa defeated mexico three to two the game the match i should say had everything uh, the usa was down you had video replay uh, overturned some goals and create some penalty kicks you had fans throwing bottles on the on the field it was quite remarkable but a big win for team usa this is a team that hasn't been in the world cup since 2014 and probably their biggest win in over 10 years. And it certainly sets them well, sets them up well, rather, for their World Cup campaign along with the Gold Cup this year. It was a great match. It went till about 1230 in the morning. But Team USA gets my thumbs up in soccer, along with Christian Pulisic, who scored the winning goal last night and was also a member of the Champions League winning Chelsea, a team that I support. So thumbs up to him and to Team USA. And another thumbs up to... Taya Curry. Now, this is a 16-year-old goaltender who became the first female OHL draft pick over the weekend as she was picked by the Sarnia Sting in the 14th round. Uh, She played goal this past season for the Elgin Middlesex Chiefs. And so congratulations to her, the first ever female player picked in the OHL draft. Dave Watson, uh, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. 
Thumbs up. I uh, have to give to the uh, Spring Sports and the Michigan High School Athletic Association. And they're not done yet, but the track and field uh, for both the UP and I believe the Lower Peninsula had theirs. The Upper Peninsula ones were over in Iron Mountain, Kingsford. I was over in Kingsford for softball on uh, for their districts with uh, the Sioux playing over there on uh, for, uh, Saturday. And uh, the UP uh, finals uh, went out without a hit, so a thumbs up uh, for both the uh, track and field finals and, of course, baseball softball will continue also piggyback to that thumbs up emily mclean of yes. uh, sue high Talked who that uh, earlier. Uh, broke another record as scott mentioned uh, during the local uh, portion of the the game here and uh, she broke another record in the shot put and a tremendous career at sue high congratulations to emily and going to central right going to central yep. michigan university good luck uh, to her there she's going to do just fine shattered all kinds of records in the shot put in her three years of course last year because of covid at uh, sue high and uh, did a tremendous job of the up finals thumbs down not individual but to the situation if you saw i'm sure you guys saw john rom uh, the uh, pga golfer had a six shot lead going into yeah. saturday's third round covid positive good night irene he's mm. done and uh, he uh, could not uh, continue in the memorial tournament jack nicholas's tournament in dublin ohio just uh, too bad to see guys and just goes to show we're not out of the woods we're yet, even though we're yet. close. And that, that was just unfortunate. I mean, they, he was running away with it, but that's a thumbs down there to that situation. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. Uh, boy, I'm trying to, uh, you know what? I got to get a new computer. <laughs> I told you, I'm pleading for it. You guys sent me a new computer. But anyway, here, the deal is this. This is a young man who ran the 1,500 meters in Portland, Oregon there. And he, against a bunch of pros and Olympic runners, and this guy finished with the world's record in high school running for the 1,500 meters, about three minutes and some odd seconds there. And he's from Michigan, believe it or not, here. And um, I kind of get my hats off to this guy here because a lot of pros really respected it. He was the only high school kid at 17 years old, who participated in this running match, which, by the way, if you're a runner of any kind, you know, in Oregon and Washington and California, that's where the running, but that's, that's where the pros go here, man, and that's where we get all the good stuff there. My thumbs down. Oh, man, it, it, it's going to be ugly here, but um, I'm going to give my thumbs down definitely, too. I hate to say it, the Detroit Pistons, because, you know, you haven't heard too much from them as far as community and them helping out with this pandemic that we have right now there. And I'm sure enough that they got players and also a facility now that can harvest uh, more people getting involved and getting shot. So I'll give it to the Pistons. Don't mean it, but I did it. Gentlemen, uh, appreciate you both being on the show tonight. We got about 30 seconds. Dave, you get a little downtime before high school football will be here sooner than you know. We'll certainly get you back on the game here over the summer. Appreciate you coming in and uh, enjoy your rest because you've earned it. Well, thank you. And uh, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure uh, coming on and talking sports with uh, you and Butch there, Scotty. Appreciate it, Dave. And Butch, uh, back on Monday nights. Uh, your show, Butch on Sports, will be back on Wednesdays and Sundays. We will talk to you next Monday night. Stay cool down there, Butch, as I know you will.
need ice. <laughs> I'll send some dry ice in the mail. How's that? All right. That's going to do it for our show. I want to thank David McKeg Jr., Dave Watson, and Butch Davis for joining us. We will talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on ESPN 1400. Thanks for listening to the game here on ESPN 1400. WKNW, Sioux St. Marie's sports leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.